In today's show, we're here live on YouTube, ready to answer your questions about the NBA, about fantasy basketball, hey, about whatever you want to chuck our way. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here. We're not in Paris. We're here in Australia. We're ready to answer your questions. And I am joined, of course, by Adam King. Kingy, welcome back. Morning, Josh. Thanks for having me, as always. Uh, bright and early, it is, once again. It is nice and early. It's so, uh, it was. We said this before we got on air. It was a little bit hard to get up this morning. I don't even know what reason it was. You probably watched too much tennis last night, but I just, I've just i never had my coffee this morning. I'm, like, I'm here, I'm sitting, and the coffee's sitting here waiting, and I haven't even had it yet, so I haven't even fully woken up from that. But we're here to answer your questions. First one, let's do it right way. Dan Bari says, do we sell low on Lamelo?" And as soon as I hear those first two words, my immediate reaction is, well, no, what are you doing? But what do you, what, what do, you do now with Lamelo? I just hold him. Um, it's. I was just reading through the news, actually, from the night, that sort of thing. I mean, you never know. If, <laughs> you never believe what a player says, but he says that his injury is not serious. And, and I mean, I don't think it's as bad as the, the first two he had. It, was, like it looked worse. It did, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Having well, I mean, you would have sprained your ankle multiple times, yeah. probably as well. Um, we'll see, but I mean, no one's gonna, no one's gonna sort of give you anything really worthwhile. So I'm just holding him, and especially gee, I'm used, yeah. I'm used to having him not on my roster. That's true, especially when you when you don't even we don't know what the time frame is. And again, yeah, don't believe the Hornets, don't believe the player, because um, they are all lying all over the place. It's frustrating. I'm gonna expect it's got to be. It's got to be at least a week. It's probably going to be two weeks, I'm thinking here. So we're obviously adding Dennis Smith Jr. in that situation. Um, Daniel Chin says, I don't get why Jalen Duran is must roster. Kingy, would you, do you agree with, that he's must roster? And if you do, why? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, he's, well, he, he's locked in as the starter. Um, oh, I think that's, well, apart that's from what... today where he's not starting. Oh, he's not starting. Yeah, yeah, fucking today, idiots. So. Idiots. Oh, well, it's, yeah, okay. Well, that's Detroit. But, um, yeah, look, I, I just think, look, what he's been doing, you, you sort of have to view that as his flaw. Like, he he, he's, he started pretty rough. They had Bag, Bagley in there. Uh, Bagley's not there now. Um, he gets your rebounds. His blocks aren't probably where we want them to be, but but they'll get there. Um, so he, he's still quite raw, and but, but I think 30 minutes, 32 minutes, um, you've got to have him just for his rebounding blocks, um, field goal percentage, that sort of thing. So, that's yeah. that, that's the uh, thing. Like when when we say must roster, and someone asked me this question in one of the shows yesterday, Josh, do you think how confident are you that your audience knows what you mean when you say must roster? And I thought to myself, 
actually not that confident because I feel like there's a lot of things that I say that get misinterpreted quite a bit. So let's let's go through it again. When I say must roster, like you shouldn't sit on any waiver wise in a 12-team league. Does it mean that it absolutely is a must for your team? It means you absolutely must look at it, but he's never giving you threes. He's never giving you assists. He's never he's not a good free throw shooter. And if that doesn't make sense on your team, it doesn't make sense in your team. But I guarantee it makes sense on one team in your league. This is a guy that might be a double-digit rebound. And you're right, the blocks are they're useless. I don't know why he can't block any shots, but he blocked tons of them in college. So I do feel that they are going to come. But he's a big rebound guy. He's a big field goal percentage guy. Um, his scoring is okay, but they've got two really strong categories with the potential for blocks to become that third one. And I think that makes him a top 100 guy rest of season. Would that make sense on your team? I don't know. It might not, but you've at least got to look at it and go, hmm, maybe, maybe there's something here for him. Um, but if it makes sense, it makes sense. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but it should make sense um, for somebody. DDD says, you guys say, just hold Lamella, but we know he's going to be out for 46 weeks. You don't know that. I can assure you, you don't know that. Because if you did know that, then you would be a soothsayer, a mystic. You, we don't know that in the slightest. So it's all well and good to say, I'm going to make this move because I know this is going to happen. You don't know it. I can assure you, you don't know it. And making moves because you are jaded because he's been out twice already with a sprained ankle, which cost him three weeks each time, doesn't mean that you know he's going to be out for four to six weeks this time. Um, and even if you trade him, what are you getting? A, a top 70 player back? You're getting back Mikael Bridges? Are you getting back um, Andrew Wiggins? Like, what, what do you, what's the, And the point of that is, I don't know. So, yeah, that's why we say just hold. Anyway, you guys can do whatever you want with, with the players on your team. Um, we got the news just as we went to air here, Kingy, that Mitchie Robinson has a, uh, a thumb fracture. It's going to be at least three weeks. Thumb fractures are usually, like, bang, I'll give it four weeks, like, almost any hand for thumb fracture, four weeks. All right, that's so rebate in three weeks. I expect back in four weeks. So that's that's where we're at with Mitch. Hartenstein or Sims is the ad. I, I know my answer. Um, what do you think? Sadly, I think my answer is the same as yours. It's Sims. Um, it would have been Hartenstein, but he just hasn't looked good. Um, that yesterday they went with Sims, so I think that that gives us a good indication. Um, yeah, I, I would go with Sims. I think I think it's probably going to be no one. To be honest, I think it'll be you know, twenty-three minutes for Sims. It'll be twenty minutes for Hartenstein. Hartenstein might start, or Sims might start. But yeah, Hartenstein's looked bad since about week three this season. He, if something changed, and there was that report that he was dealing with some sort of injury, but the system doesn't fit him. Um, he's not playing well at all. He can't shoot or he can't do anything anymore. So he's completely a different player to what he was last season. So if I had to pick one, it would be Sims. But I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm rushing to go and, and add him at this point. But I think he would be the guy. He's a really interesting question. Oh, Miles says, Duran's not starting because of passport issue, right? No, because if he's there, he's there. Like they don't. You don't need a passport to be able to start. Maybe because he arrived a little bit late. I think maybe it's because he's returning from an ankle injury that cost him a week and a half that he's coming off the bench. I don't think it's got anything to do with the, the passport issue. If he's available to play, he's available to play. But here's an interesting question. Shapaz says, would you rather stash Isaiah Jackson waiting for a Turner trade or Nance waiting for the return of Zion? Mm, I don't think Turner's getting traded. Um, so I don't think he is either. So, pro yeah... I I mean, if you had to pick for, for one of those reasons, I'd go the Zion reason because I don't think the Turner reason will actually happen. All right, that's interesting because I don't think the Turner thing will happen either, but I would still stash Isaiah Jackson. And the reason I would still do that is because, um, A, while Zion, while we're waiting for Zion to return and Larry Nance is putting up 2-2-2, two, two, and two, 
No one is going to add him. There is no urgency in adding him at all. And even his upside is maybe top 90 if he gets back and plays 25 minutes uh, alongside Zion. If on a 5 to 10% chance that Miles Turner is traded, Isaiah Jackson starts, this is a top 40 player. Um, even in top seven, even in him playing 17 minutes now, his production is higher than what Nance is going to be. I think if he maintains that backup role, which we don't know, I think he can actually outproduce Nance now. And then his upside is significantly higher, even though the likelihood of getting there is lower. And we're still, we're not quite in the early season stages of like, take swings, take swings, take swings. We're starting to solidify and consolidate our teams. But I still think if you can just add a top 50 player heading into fantasy playoffs, it's rather than like, oh, maybe maybe Zion comes back and Nance's top 90. I still prefer to go that upside route, even if I understand that the likelihood of that coming to fruition is pretty low, as it is with all sort of trades. Um, well, let's, let's talk trade deadline just in general, because I get asked it a lot. I've given my answer a million times, Kingy, but I want to hear your answer. This is I'm just putting Nathaniel's question up here about Mark Williams. You know, who are you stashing before the trade deadline? And people will bring out your yeah, 30 names on a list. And these are the guys. Like, to me, there are three names. I could extend it to four of guys that I would consider stashing three weeks out from the NBA. Is it even three weeks? In? It might even be two weeks from the NBA trade deadline. There are, there are three guys, maybe four, that I'd extend it out to. But you may have seen my list already. Who would you have on that list? Uh, no, I haven't seen your list. Um, who would I have on the list? Uh, God, I haven't even thought about stashing yet. Um, let me, let me. You, you get back to that and have a think of it. Actually, we'll come, we'll come back to that because I'll give you time now because I'm going to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs is something that a small business or a hiring manager needs to know. You need success in 2023, and that depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. You can identify them most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Trade deadline stashes, Kingy. Have you got something for us? Uh, yeah, so a little bit of a think. Um, Mark Williams is probably one. Uh, mm-hmm. He'd probably be a guy. Um, I think Tari Eason is probably something that people are going to say, well, do you stash him? I'm probably not. I, even though like Eric Gordon might go, I mean, Kenya Martin could go, I still have no confidence that they're going to give Eason more than 20, 22 minutes. And we saw it last year with Shangoon. We were stashing, we were stashing, we were stashing, and it never happened. They just kept giving him backup minutes. Uh, and, yeah, so I was sort of thinking of oh, who who could be traded, what significant players. Pirtle is someone I think could go. So maybe Zach Collins um, in, uh, in San Antonio. He's been decent enough in 20 minutes. If he can get 28 minutes, 30 minutes, um, I think he's probably someone worth stashing. So there's a couple of names. 
They're, they're the names that I've got, really. I've got three names on the list. Oh, it's, Isaiah, okay. it's Isaiah Jackson, it's Mark Williams, and it's Zach Collins. And I would throw KJ Martin in as the fourth one because I think if Eric Gordon is traded, it looks like Martin would start and play 30 minutes and that's probably good enough. right? But that I'm not certain about because they could put Tate in there. They won't put Eason in there. They won't put Eason in there. They will put Martin in there or they will put uh, Tate in there. Um, so they're the three. And the three reason I have that is you might have other options to go, well, Josh, maybe Gary Trent is traded or maybe we've heard about Jalen McDaniels getting traded. And all those things are true. But my theory here is this, Kingy, is those three teams, right, if the Pacers trade Miles Turner, I doubt they bring another center back when they've got Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson. The Hornets, if they trade Mason Plumley or decide to bench Mason Plumley, they won't. Um, they've got Nick Richards and Mark Williams, the guys that they want to invest in. So they'll probably play those guys. And in, in San Antonio, if they trade Pirtle, it won't be to get another center back. Center is such a weirdly replaceable position around the NBA that you're not trading for these other guys to take over from the players who you've already sort of got in your system. If you trade a wing away, a two, a three, a four, all right, let's throw an example. Let's say Jalen McDaniels gets traded from Charlotte. Then he's you know, 23 minutes a night, could get replaced by Gordon Haywood or Kelly Oubre or the minutes he plays at the four go to PJ Washington or JT Thor or Dennis Smith plays at the two or Bryce McGowan's getting into the rotation. All those positions are so interchangeable that if someone gets traded and no, or someone comes back in that position as well who takes those minutes or Cody Martin, another one, that all these other guys might get an extra two to three minutes or a player getting zero minutes now might play 14 minutes and it has zero impact in fantasy. It's very rare to see a player who's a shooting guard or a small forward get traded away and someone just moves straight in and plays 35 minutes that wasn't already getting 28 minutes. It's just so rare to see that. And then trying to predict that stuff, well, it's all a hit or miss stuff. So the ones, again, we're drawn to the same ones. We go, oh, we've heard this stuff with these guys. There's reasons why these players might get traded, unrestricted free agents, centers who are okay, um, sent and teams with young promising guys behind them. That's the reason I look at that. It's so, why so often when someone gets injured in a lot of cases, the, the easy one for one replacement is a point guard and center, whereas everything else gets a little bit messy. And I think that's my same approach to the to the trade deadline. And again, like you said, I don't think Miles Turner's getting traded. Like everyone we think is getting traded, none of them will. Like, not that's hyperbole, but they just they just won't. Like they, we do this every year, and we have all these names, and they get reported, and nothing happens. And then you'll get yeah, you know, Corey Joseph traded for Delano Banton, and we go, ah, oh, fuck, didn't see that coming. And that's how, we'll go. and there'll be some other random one like oh, Bradley Beal's now been traded for a package of John Wall and Norman Powell. Or so, like, who knows? Like something random like that'll happen that we've never heard of and no one's touched on, and we have to react in the moment. So I think we've got a similar thought process for it. Um, all right, JP Lawrence. Jalen Williams used to be a pick and roll passing fiend in college. Could he get more assists as the year goes on? We've seen flashes. I think mm -hmm. he's had. I think he's had a double digit assist game this season. I think that's One. right. Yeah. Um, so we, we have seen flashes. It's going to be hard because he's playing alongside Shea and and uh, yeah. and Giddy, who are who are two. I mean, they well they don't live by the pass, but they both can easily get sort of eight to ten assists a game. So I think it's going to be tough. As a consistent thing, we, we might see it in a couple of games if someone's injured or they someone's rested, whatever. Um, long term, I think, potentially, depending where he ends up and what his role looks like. But but this year, uh, probably, I, I don't see a lot of opportunity for that happening. Given the Thunder look like they're... They're good. Well, contending might not be the right word, but they're, they're not resting. 
Um, yeah, look, it's his, it's his role. Like, can he do it? Uh, I've got no no doubt at all that he can do it, but he's a, a power forward of this team, really. Like, he's there to be a connector. He's there to be a solid defender who scores and dunks and gets into the lane and cuts. He's got to work on his three-point shooting. So can he do it? Sure. Is it likely to happen? Absolutely not. That would be my guess. And Flav, I think yeah, this is an inch... Like, you just listened to me talk about this and then you threw out a question why it's impossible to know. Like, who joins the rotation on the Raptors if Gary Trent and Van Vliet are traded? They're not getting traded for dust, right? There could be very, very... Look, if they trade away those guys, they have not a guard on this roster that's not named Malachi Flynn. Like, that's it. There's no guards on this roster. So if they traded those players away, then someone who joined the rotation would be someone who's not on this roster. And it would be someone who they get back in a trade. Why? And that's why, like, trying to make these decisions for things that probably don't happen, these guys don't get traded. And there's... You are going to be wrong nine times out of ten trying to say, oh, I'm going to stash Delano Banton in case this happens. Ah, like... It's, it's just not likely to be the case because you don't know who's coming back. It's why, yeah, again, there's just so many errors that get made in in these sort of deals. Um, you know, when you're trying to predict a deal, it's why I don't try to get too deep into it because it just, it doesn't pay off. The energy's not worth it. And I've actually spent too much uh, energy in this. Nick Nurse might run a, a four-man rotation. <laughs> he'll just run, he'll put, <laughs> he'll put pressure Satura at point guard. We'll see how that goes. Um, all right, so look, Again, this goes back to something we talked about earlier, but it is worth discussing. That Chi-Town dude says, do you hold Giannis and hope for the best? I don't know what your other option is. Like, can you... Well, I know it's been really frustrating with Giannis and his knee. Like, it's clearly frustrating. But what else... What can you do? Trade him away for, like, Julius Randle? Like, what... what, what do you, no, that's maybe even that. Maybe you wouldn't even get that back into trade with how his field goal percentage has been. And now he's dealing with this knee problem. Like, what else can you do? Yeah, not much. Um, I mean, I don't have him, so from a from a personal standpoint, I don't have to make that decision. But yeah, I agreed. I, I don't think yeah you you won't be able to trade him and get anything close to value back. Um, so I'd be just sitting and <laughs> hoping that he plays. Soon. It, it's human nature, right, to have someone who's struggling and injured and go, man, this guy's really struggling. It must be time for me to trade him away. But like, think about it. Like, you're doing that, and the other person's going to be like. Like I, I, I know he's been shit, mate. Like he's been really bad, and he's currently injured. Why would I give you anything good for it? You're obviously clearly frustrated and ready to move on. Uh, this is prime time for me to to swoop in on a deal. Like, yeah, uh, Giannis was picked three, and Luca was picked four. So how about we just do a straight swap? Like, no, my guy, that's just not going to happen. How about you give me Giannis, and then your next best player, and your next best player, and your next best player? Then we'll consider it. That's where the value sits at the moment with someone who's missed like four straight games with a knee injury, and for some reason can't hit field goals anymore. All that stuff is way off. So like, while the human nature is to go, oh, he's struggling, I must trade him. It's actually the hundred percent worst decision that you could make in a situation like that. It just it just isn't going to work out well for you, I wouldn't have thought. Today's episode is also brought to you by the legends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want something that's jam-packed full of sugar or calories, you want to get Built Bar because it's high in protein. We know that protein is really good for you. It's good for building those muscles, keeping you full, helping you stay lean while getting a treat that is low in calories. 130 calories in these bar. Bars, bars, bars. Um, 17 grams of protein. It's a fantastic combination. And their secret, it's covered in 100% real chocolate. Now, I've been telling you guys about Built Bar for ages. Hey, you can go to built.com and you can order your bars. And it's so simple. But now, you can just stroll into a Walmart. You can walk in there like that Vince McMahon gif with his arm swing and go, guys, send me to the Built Bar. So you can just go straight to the pharmacy department and they've got them. They're lining them up. It's like a full gondola end. All four bar boxes in either the uh, cookies and cream flavor 
the double chocolate or the coconut puffs. And you've only got so many boxes you could hold in your hands, but that's why you get a trolley. Load it all up, take it down to the front, and then on your way, you go, man, I forgot, I can get 13-bar boxes at Sam's Club. So you go to Sam's Club and you find their boxes, brownie batter or churro flavor. All these flavors directly off the shelf. So go to Built.com or go to Walmart or go to Sam's Club and get yourself some Built Bars. Built Bar is Built Different. Back to questions. Um, all right, do we, here's a, I'm just going to try to get a quick question. Do we drop Brandon Ingram? No. Um, Walker Kessler or Evan Mobley, rest of season in a 10-team category league? That is an interesting question. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a, it is a tough one. Uh, I would, Mobley, Mobley's probably a little safer, but we're just in terms of, we know his role, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe Kessler. I think it is. Kessler's look, though I, I was listening to, I don't know what it was. It was a podcast yesterday, and they were talking about Rookie of the Year and that sort of thing. Kessel wasn't even mentioned. Ah, that's ridiculous. I think about four weeks ago, I had him on my all-rookie first team. I haven't redone it since, but mm. he'd have to be in on that list. Like, I think he's been more impactful than like... I'm sure they had Keegan Murray on that team, didn't they? Yep. In that list, yeah. Like, I'm, in, I, in the list, yeah, yeah. I think he's been more impactful than Keegan Murray, like pretty clearly. Um, look, the thing with Mobley is... I think Mobley's a significantly better real-life player. Like, I don't think there's any debate about that. Mm. His defense has been unbelievable, but the ability to ramp up into fantasy production hasn't been quite as high as what Kessler's has been. And Mobley also has a significant punt free throw issue. Not that Kessler's a great shooter, but Mobley has a significant problem with that. Now, I guess if you take that into consideration, they get a little bit closer. And you're right. The role of Mobley, where he's going to play 35 minutes a night... Is secure, and we still like. While we feel pretty confident, Kingy, that Kessler's going to maintain the starting job over Jared Vanderbilt, that and he will play twenty-eight minutes a night or twenty-seven minutes a night. We don't know that for sure, and there are a lot of people, and this could be wrong. I try, we're trying to use a lot of logic with stuff, and coaches don't always run this way. But like we're seeing Kessler play twenty-nine minutes a night, and Vanderbilt play seventeen minutes a night, and there are a lot of people who go, but yeah, but what about when Kelly Linick returns? Don't you think that, that would mean Vanderbilt gets yeah would would, would be turned into a minute split. Like if you can't get, if Vanderbilt can't get minutes now when Olenek's out, I don't see how he's getting more when Olenek returns. So I just think that they'll be Olenek and Kessler playing 28 minutes a night each and Vanderbilt gets 17 or whatever it is coming off the bench. Maybe, maybe it moves down to Kessler 25, but I think he's been significantly better um, than Vando has been this season. And it would seem, it would feel pretty crazy to me if he lost that starting spot. Yeah. I, I, I I think we, I mean, it was sort of odd. Like it was, it, Vando was starting and then when Alinic went out, they moved him to the bench. And yeah. then when Alinic came back, they moved Vando back into the starting line. So we have seen some chopping and changing, but I think moving forward, I think when Alinic does come back, surely they're just going to go, look out, we've got a role with Kessler here as the starter. So. What what happened last time? Alinic is from my memory. Alinic went down and they started, they moved Kessler straight in. And then they moved him back to the bench before Linux returned and moved Malik Beasley and went with Vanderbilt and Mark. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, and moved Vanderbilt and Mark. And so Kessler didn't start all of those games when Linux was out the first time. I think he started the first one and then he was sort of struggling and playing like 15, 16 minutes a night. But it seems a very different Walker Kessler now than what it was there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone can check that um, for me. Um, all right. Let's go through this. How worried am I about the nature of Anthony Davis's injury and his return? Uh, well, I think, I mean, he didn't have to have surgery. I think he's, they're looking at him coming back sort of in a week-ish. 
before the All-Star break, I think is, is what the, the latest sort of report was. So I think an and All-Star break is what the 15th or something of February. So yeah. uh, we're looking at, what, three weeks. So he'll be back in, well, maybe two weeks then. But yeah, look, I mean, it, it's always stress injury. It's always a concerning phrase. But um, I, I think if, if he had to have surgery, he would have had it. So if he didn't have to have it, they're managing it. He's supposedly he's pain free now, so yep. just starting to ramp up. So, look, you're always worried about it, but I'm pretty confident that he'll be back and he'll be good. My worry is there's some like bone spurry type things in there, and if that flares up again, it could lead to surgery to get rid of those because that's what they said. There was some bone spur stuff mm-hmm. in there, but like, am I like super panicked? Well, I think I'm always going to be super panicked about a foot injury. Um, with Anthony Davis in general, but no more than than say usual. I'm just ex- still expecting him back in the start of February at some point uh, before the All Star break, and yeah, we ride with it from there. But I'm never going to feel good about it. All right, here's a question I thought we would have got. Um, Flav, I'm 100% sure you're taking the piss with that question, so I don't even think I'm going to answer it. But Next Level DJs says, is Thomas Bryant a drop candidate now? I need a spot to activate Cam Johnson. My other drops are Naji, Beef Stew, or Nas Reed. Um, Let's well. First of all, who would you drop out of that group? Bryant, Najee, Isaiah Stewart, or Nas Reed? Gobert is questionable again today, so maybe it's maybe it's Reed. Um, oh no! Look, it's probably. I don't know. I think you can make a case for all of them. It might be Bryant, maybe Stewart, uh, Najee. I'd probably be holding until Zion's back. Gobert should miss at least a week to two weeks if common sense prevails. Uh, so I'd be holding Reed. So maybe it is Stewart or Bryant. Stewart's had every opportunity all season and has never been remotely good enough to be considered anything more than the worst player on a 12-team league roster. So yeah, using that logic, then it's hard to consider him a hold. But you know, you're right. Like If Gobert plays today, then there's no reason to hold on to Nas Reed really at all outside of to see whether Gobert makes it through the game. Um Bryant is still starting, even though he's played like 20 minutes in four consecutive games and looks terrible. But at least we know there's a chance of him playing 24 or 25 a night. If Gobert's back, there's no chance of that for Nas. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I'd like to probably... I'd probably wait on Cam Johnson. I wouldn't activate him today. And then that that means you get to see Cam Johnson in action. You get to see Gobert, whether he plays, and then you can make an easy decision from there. Because if Gobert's back, reads the drop. If if Gobert is still out and we hear a little bit more, then... Maybe Reed still is the drop because it, maybe it's not a long-term thing, but you know, guys like you know, Stewart or Brian aren't you know, guys you need to particularly feel excited about holding on to. Um, yeah. yeah, I've got Cam Johnson. I'm not activating him today. Uh, I wouldn't. I think he'll play like 20 minutes, 21 minutes, really. Yeah. Philip Sum says, not sure my question got through. Philip, there's just a lot of questions, mate, so I don't always get to all of them, but here's your question now. Jaron Jackson's only clocking high 20s. So what do you expect him to achieve with around 33 to 36 minutes? Top 10 in nine cap? Well, I don't expect him to ever play 33 to 36 minutes. Um, top 10, maybe, but I just don't expect him to ever do that. So it's almost like, yeah, what would could he be the number one player if he played 50 minutes a night? I guess so. And I know that's being hyperbolic. I just don't ever think he's going to play those sort of minutes. With the way that he plays, sometimes there's foul trouble. Um, they just... Don't need that from him. He'll get the occasional game like that. And often it's not a linear process where you go from 28 to 33. Therefore, you've just added 20% production on like the more minutes you play, things tend to ramp down a little bit in terms of per minute production. Um, But he's not far off top 10 anyway. Like what is he, 18th or 20th or something like that? So yeah, 
I guess the question I ask you is, will he ever play those minutes, Kingy? Uh, no, not not 33 to 36. I think we've, he's probably topped out at about 30, 31 this year. And the way their rotation works, they're deep. They don't need to play him that many. Um, he's, he's kept his fouls in check this season, which has been really nice. He's, yeah, so... I would say, and I mean, look, they, I mean, they win, they blow teams out. So that impacts his overall his sort of average minutes as well. That's why, have games yeah, that's why Morant plays. plays like 32 minutes a night or 33 minutes a night. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, I mean, in terms of what he could do in, in those minutes, maybe, but he, I think in uh, the player ranks here, he's he's the ninth ranked player in nine, in nine cat leagues you, already. You want some um, breaking news? Christian Wood has a fracture of his thumb. He'll be reevaluated next week. Okay. Uh, so I don't. We're not adding Dwight Powell. Like, there's no ad there. I don't think. Like, it's just going to be random production to a million other players. Like Powell will have occasional stream value, but that's really it. Mm, I hope they play more Josh Green. That'd be nice. Yeah, but I, it would be nice. I just don't think they will. Cause literally, no. who's going to play center? Mm. Yeah, that that's uh, yeah, that's one one of those instances where there probably isn't a. a a direct pick. I mean, yeah, I mean, Powell might play 24, 26 minutes, but I don't think that's enough to be a 12 team. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, it will, it will increase. Like, he'll probably play 27 minutes a night or something, Powell. Like, he might have to do that. But what that might give him, like, eight points, eight rebounds, the value he will have will come on, like, 64% shooting and maybe 1.2 steals. So there might be a little bit there, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be rushing to go, ah, i got to go grab him. Like, I guess the question is, do you look at Dwight Powell or do you add Sims? Like, or do you just go, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'd probably lean Sims slightly. I think I would too. Better better block numbers. Yeah. Let's do one more question before we get out of here. All right. Well, the hell, well, let's let's bring a full circle. Talk Mitch Robinson. Ryan says, do you drop Mitchell Robinson for streamers? He's already got Zion and AD in my AR slot. So we're talking four weeks here, I reckon, for Mitch Robinson. Um, I think to me, Kingy, this is where are you in the standings? If you're fifth, mm. sixth, seventh, eighth, then yes. Like, yeah, you don't really have a choice. It's very hard to compete with, you know, one guy or one zero on your active roster spot. And let's be honest, in those four weeks, someone else is going to get injured. So you're going to be left with two, three zeros in that spot and you've got no chance of competing there. And that might take you literally out of the playoffs because your time to recover is, you know, three weeks before the playoffs start. Um, if you're first, who cares? If you, look, people really, so they value that bye week so much. Your guys don't actually need to rest. In fantasy, people love it because it lets me push one week further. But your players don't need to rest; that advantage isn't necessarily there. It's still like you might rest, and then the week where you play, when then all your players get hurt, and that didn't actually mean anything. So, um, I don't, I don't actually care if I move from first down to fourth in the in the standings. Like, so I, I think the answer is yes to drop on Mitrob. What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll probably lean that way as well. Again, it does depend on where, where you're sitting in the standings. If you can afford to just have him there, putting up nothing for, as you said, a month potentially, which takes us to post-All-Star break. Fantasy playoffs should start a couple of weeks after the All-Star break, I think, um, If depending on your league settings, of course. Uh, so he'd be handy to have there for the playoffs. So if you can afford it, then hold him. But yeah, if you're not, sort of first or second or third, um, I'd probably just drop him. I'm going to sneak one last question in here um, for you, Kingy. How, do you care about getting a first-round buy in playoffs for fantasy? No. 
No, I, I, really. I don't either. No. Like, I, I don't. It's all well and good to say, look at me, I'm sitting first and I'm sitting back. And I guess the advantage is you've got a week full of ads where you can make stashes on guys. Like that's, that is an advantage. I understand that. We go, look, I don't have to actually play this week. So I can churn through the bottom of my roster. This guy's injured this week and someone had to drop him. I can wait and he comes back next week. That's an advantage. But otherwise, I don't think that it's worth... Um, you know, really like I've got a super push to this so to move from third seed to the two seed. And in doing so, I had to drop someone who was going to be more valuable for me in the playoffs. I, I don't think that is, um, I don't even think that is, is worth it really. So Kingy, I reckon that will, um, will end things for us here today. I appreciate you coming on again and answering questions with, uh, with me and with the, the folks here, tell people what uh, you've got going on. Uh, just over at Twitter, really, at AdamKing91. Um, I've been talking about, we have got the new podcast coming. We're just, B-Dub is flat out with his stuff, um, with his young uh, human, new young human in the family. So he's got other things to do. So once we're once that's up and running, um, and we may have a new tool coming out on the website as well. We've been talking with Matt Lawson um, about a, well, that's sort of a ranking kind of tool. Very early process at the moment, but uh, fbibasketball.com is where that will be if and when it's up and running. Go and check out Kingy and all the stuff the guys do over at FBI Basketball. Thanks for coming on again, Adam, and uh, answering questions with me. No worries. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go and have your coffee, and I will go to work. All right. Peace out, mate. Guys, thanks for being a part of the show. And don't forget while you're here to uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, hit the thumbs up and leave your comments down below. But you can also find the audio version of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.